Jeez, a bit bright. Hello, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk About It. My name is Kathy Ngo. And I'm Di Lee. And today we are talking about hugging. Hugging. <laughs> when was the last time you hugged yourself? Oh, I haven't hugged myself, but uh, last night I had dinner with a group of wonderful women friends and we hugged. At the end of it, like, you know, we, we greeted each other. We said, do we do a kind of social like distance? The, the kind awkward, of the like, el- do we shake hands, hands? Do we bow? Right. Yeah, whatever. Do we hug? <laughs> and we thought, fuck this, we're going to hug. <laughs> so we hugged, you know, you know, I love a strong, firm hug and a genuine Firm hug is really good. It feels good because it, it releases a lot of tension, um, I believe, in your body. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm, do, do you, you do you like you don't like to be hugged? <laughs> she does not like to be hugged. So that's very interesting. We both I got problems. Yeah, she's got <laughs> problems being hugged. I don't. Well, do you hug men the same way as you hug women? Uh, uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, I think. I what, think, why is that? Uh, I suppose with women friends, the ones that I'm close with, I really, I just hug and hug, you You know, give them love. You hug, you know, yeah. really warmth hug. Um, if it's a guy friend. It's if a guy friend, I've never hugged a guy friend. I suppose there's, there's a, that, that boundary, isn't it? Like so what do you, you do? Do you like shake hands? Yeah, you, you shake hands, or you, oh, you no, I do hug, but not to the like. Imagine if if I hugged a a guy and stood there and hugged him deeply like that. I think I think it can be misinterpreted. Yeah, yeah. Someone will take a photo. And yeah. He'll be on like, what is it? The Fairfield Express or something <laughs> That's like that. Right. So it can be misinterpreted by that person as well, unless of okay. course you kind of clearly said, you know, but you you do hug. Like there are colleagues of mine that I haven't seen. Like you know, we say we'll give a hug or we give a cheek a kiss on the cheek mm-hmm. um and uh, yeah I, I love it i love the very i like yeah it's the kind of like almost affectionate inti- affection intimacy yeah yeah, mm. yeah. but what, you, what about you, if, if for the guy's gay would you yeah like a, a, a gay guy i can squeeze okay yeah, I can squeeze a gay guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, squeeze, hug, hug, hug. I can hug a gay, a guy who's gay or, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Interesting, interesting. I only hug if the other person kind of does that. I'm yeah, like, I've tried. I've tried to it, hug her. Damn it! It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just go with it because I don't want to make it awkward. But I'll go with it anyway. Yeah. I've tried to hug Kathy, you know, sometimes when we say bye, see you later, and I kind of come up and she goes, so her body, her language just goes, and you think, okay, she doesn't want to be hugged. And I hug her anyway, she just stands there like this. So Kathy will stand there like that. Oh, I like just... Like a sausage. Yeah, that's right. Um, Don't take it personally, anyone who in the past I've hugged or avoided, it's not you, it's me. Yeah, so it's always us, really. It's the difference is us. It's not the other person whenever something kind of pops up like that. Yes. But the reason we're talking about hugging is because, uh, was it last week? Yeah, a couple of days ago, Ida Butrose, uh, is it the chair person? So Ida Butrose is the chair of the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. Now, for our viewers who do not know who Ida Butrose is, especially if you're overseas or if you don't, you're a millennial and you don't watch the ABC, um, she is the chair and she was also formerly the, um, you know, in charge of a lot of, uh, women, 
women's publications, weekly publications. Yeah. Um, she kind of led or pioneered, um, uh, you know, the m- in terms of women ma- women's magazine. Mm. So she's very well respected woman in Australia, and she recently made a comment about millennials not being resilient enough, and that quote they need hugging. Yeah, so that's why we're talking about hugging today. Uh, in the context, she was putting uh, in a sense in the workplace whereby millennials are seen to be, you know, uh, I suppose um, you can't be too. Uh, it needs to be uh, bubble wrapped. Yes, or something that's like right. That. Mm, you know, so kind of so you got to be gentle about criticism. You can't criticize, and t- to some extent, there is some truth there. Uh, I remember in my early years at the ABC, I also am a product of the great auntie, as as the institution is known. Uh, I remember when I first started. What do you mean by great auntie? It's the ABC is known as the great oh. the great auntie. Oh, I did not know that. There you go. It's the great auntie. B- it's a bit great of trivia in case I go on one of those shows. Yeah, it's a it's an institution. It's an iconic media institution uh, within Australia. So when I first started the ABC uh, in the newsroom and uh, there'll be days when I'll have not edited, you know, because it's a daily thing where you, you have to edit a story, interview somebody, edit quickly and then go. it goes to air. And if you're slotted in to go to air, you got to just make sure that you got it, got it um, as um, yeah, accurately. Yeah, fast. Yeah, very fast. fast. Uh, I, and I remember editing and, you know, you, tried, you, you knew, so you edit and you left a few questions in that, when you listen back, you think, oh, God, why did I leave that question in for? And, of course, as soon as it it's goes off air, I remember one, one instance where the editor came out, the news editor came out and said, what the f***? Oops. Beep. Beep. Don't worry. We have to beep there. Uh, what the... Why did you leave that stupid question in? You know, you should have known better. And you screamed. This was in, in the newsroom. And I thought, oh, my God, I felt so small. I felt like... And, you know, of course, the other journalists were just walking away, looked up, looked down, back to typing. <laughs> I, I didn't see anything. <laughs> That's right. And so you felt, like, oh. but I think that what it did was that I learned very quickly. I learned that I, I made sure that the next story that I did, I listened, I interviewed, I asked the right questions. And it was the stupid questions. I got to make sure I cut it out. But sometimes you have to ask all these questions in order to get to the core of the story yes right, uh, and that's you go right. different ways to get to that to that core of that story and that issue uh, and so but you got to make sure that you edit those questions out because you want to get that core of that story mm. so I think that uh, for me uh, a lot of and one of the things that uh, was used to said to me was that you either sink or you swim in journalism you sink or you swim so there's no cotton wooling there's no holding hands there's no oh, are you okay oh don't worry take your time to learn if there's anything no nah. <laughs> you go out there you do the job if you don't you fail and you fail badly and you know you might not get um to do a reporter story and that's that's a real you know if you want to develop your career as a journalist you have to really work very hard to ensure that you always get the byline you're always trying to get an opportunity to have your story um broadcasted and especially for me, as a person of a non-English speaking background, can you imagine the pressure, yeah, the, the bias, oh, the expectations on myself, and the bias that existed, but I didn't even know that there was that bias there. That and and I constantly had to make sure that I 
was performing 10 times better. Yeah, you just had to work a lot harder because of all these things that were against you. Yeah. So, so back in those days in the workplace, there wasn't that kind of uh, really hugging. There was no need. There, there was no time for hugging, really. It's really time for rumbling out there, and you get your hands dirty, and you, you know, get your, you know, <laughs> shirt shredded because you, you know, people are just jostling to be able to get that their their story uh, being broadcasted or being yeah um, yeah scheduled. I think with media, television, it's it's a certain environment, uh, same as advertising. It's very high pressured high demanding so I can understand in that environment you need to either sink or swim yeah Yeah. but um but in the workplace too I'd say I think I think you need to make mistakes quickly in order for you to learn and then do it better next time oh yeah yeah definitely mistakes shouldn't be seen as, as a bad thing I think it's how quickly you can bounce back from those mistakes and that bouncing back is Resilience. Yeah. Yeah. Resilience. And if you don't have the opportunity or you don't make the mistakes and because you're so protected and you don't make mistakes, then of course you're not going to be able to bounce back because you've got nothing to bounce back from because you have not failed. So I think in the context of what um, Ita Butros, I mean, apparently it was reported in Smart Company too that she apparently invoked the wrath of the youth and many of those who employ them uh, because she was suggesting that people in the workplace these days lack resilience and almost need almost need hugging, quote unquote. So, do you think uh, that that's the case really for millennials or for anybody else really? I don't think it's just millennials. I think it's just everyone, really. Um, like in that in that article, if you guys do read it, um, Naomi Simpson's basically saying that um, that's why she's up there on the screen that millennials will make the most of um, the workforce in the future, what currently is at the moment. So, um, yeah, we need to be adaptable with our communication style. Uh, I don't think it's a a millennial problem as such. I think it's just that nowadays we have so many other challenges, right? We've got social media, media and our family at work and we're constantly seeking that validation. And... Back then, you didn't have that social media, that that pressure, right? No, that's and, right. And nowadays, you're like, there's just multiple sources. And it's like you're constantly questioning yourself. I'm not saying everybody, but like sometimes people are constantly questioning themselves. Am I good enough? Am I good enough? Do I belong here? How am I really performing? So, uh, yeah. Look, I think, uh, and I think we've touched upon this before, Kathy, whereby we we are saying that social media is increasingly really, while it's a great medium for connection, absolutely, but I have always maintained that it's also an increased medium for disconnection. Mm, uh, because, I, I agree. Because while you see people, you're actually not connected face-to-face. You don't actually physically are able to hug people yeah. at <laughs> all. Uh, but then in addition, the whole image that's being pushed through social media um, is that you've got to look a certain way, you've got to um, be a certain way physically. That saying, despite, 
Despite the, that, though, I think that it allows for more diversity, I have to say. So, so social media does allow for more diversity of faces, cultures, and you're seeing faces and stories that you have not seen before, right, in the traditional medium of television or newspaper, which is run and managed by a certain group of people in society. Yes. Social media has actually opened the gate for collaboration and for diversity and inclusion, absolutely. Definitely, yeah. But I think the downside of that is that there's also this heightened, um, you know, kind of uh, expectations in terms of the young, the millennials who are saying, like I said, I've touched upon this before, my son, I keep on saying to him every night, please don't be obsessed with how your body looks. Exactly. <laughs> he's, not, he's not taking supplements so, which is good. He's just going to the gym now. He Bruce gets. He, you know, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. God, <laughs> <laughs> he goes to the gym in the morning. Uh, you know, he wakes up, goes to the gym twice a week, and then he goes soccer. And but he just, you know, he'll take his shirt off and he looks. I said, "What are you looking at? Look at me, mom. <laughs> look at me. Look, look at me. me. Look at me, mom." <laughs> and I said, "I said, please don't do that. Put that weapon away." <laughs> <laughs> so, for young men, young women, like, and sometimes I don't. It's by accident that I kind of peer, peer over what he's looking at on his Instagram. I think it's Instagram. Uh, but I see images of young boys, you know, with no shirts, like, like yeah. abs or whatever. And young girls, like, you know, really very... Like a Nicki Minaj? Well, <laughs> <laughs> almost. Now, I don't know if you guys have seen that Nicki Minaj and whatever that guy's... Um, the lots of tattoo, ta- lots of tattoo, and the teeth kind of <laughs> silver, you know, shining. I don't yeah. know who he is. Oh my god! Look, I maybe I'm I'm not conservative. I don't think I am. I'm actually a very open-minded, you know. Would woman. you TikTok to that song? I would. Uh, no, no, I wouldn't. Not TikTok <laughs> to that song. I thought you mean would I TikTok? Of course, I would TikTok. So that that proves to you that I'm actually uh. a very open-minded person, but. There, is, there, there are certain boundaries that you think you need, I believe we should respect mm. the boundaries of our physical body, like, you know, how much we show, um, you know, just, just, just being a bit more respectful of our, 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 our bodies, I think. Both, both boys and girls, not just girls here, by the way. Yeah, I think uh, if you sexualize it, yeah. then it becomes a problem. But if you show skin but not sexualize it, I don't think that's a problem. But what do you mean by sexualize it? So how to what? Where, where is the boundary between sexualizing an image yeah. to um, an image that's about beauty and is about uh, capturing the human physique? Well, it's the body language, like the Nicki Minaj videos. It's the <laughs> oh God, Kathy! <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen that name. Oh, that was terrible. And these are the kind of images that young people are exposed to. Not just young, but people. Like I don't know. I it's almost pornography, right? It's almost pornography to me, and I don't know if that is appropriate. Um, and and I can understand how some people are kind of hard. You know, wishing for those olden days, I can understand that um, when things have just gone extremely, you know, extremely. Well, would you say that people back in the days were wrapped up in bubble wrap? <laughs> it kind of is. 
Yeah, kind of. Well, not back in not back in those days. You know, back in the days where you can you can still show a bit of skin, but you still keep that allureness of that mystique of what's under that, you know, um, that sheet or that outfit. You have to leave some to people's imagination. Mysterious girl. <laughs> oh, but we, we've digressing here from <laughs> hugging to um, kind of um, being naked. Being naked, yeah. I was going to say the word pornography, but um, I did. Mm. There you go, I said it. But what do people think? Mm. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, tell yeah, us. Yeah. Tell us if young millennials, or not just young millennials, but maybe you, and do you think that in the workforce, in this day and age, uh, we are really, it's not building us to be resilient uh, because everything is like, uh, if you sneeze, you've got, you've got to take, take time off or, you know, you've got a sore back. Oh God, you know, I can't do this. And you've got work health uh, and safety in work place, comp. work is comp. So therefore, really, yeah, our society's resilience is going to be tested. I think it's going to be tested until we go through a war of some sort, uh, and people would argue that we are going through some sort of a war now with COVID, but not yet there. Yeah. That's not. That's not. It's not really. It's not comparable. It's to not comparable to. One and two. Yeah, when you've lost everything, when you have to really rebuild from nothing, that's when you actually can build resilience. So until then, we, we are a very lucky society. Oh, definitely, definitely. Whatever yeah. people complaint about. Like I know people complain a lot, but if you stop and think about it, really, we are so lucky. We've got access to good, like clean water. Electricity, Wi-Fi. Access to electricity, Wi-Fi. While, while our Wi-Fi is not as the, the, the not best, the best but as like in, 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 in Korea or in other Asian countries where you've got really fast speed Wi-Fi, but that's the infrastructure and that's because our government have not provided us with the infrastructure but we've got, um, you know, good transport, good health. Oh, my God, our health system really has provided us with protecting us, protected us really through this COVID. Despite the numbers in comparison, we are actually have got access to a really good health system. We do, we do. Compared yeah. to the US. Yeah. Thank, thank you, nurses and all the doctors watching. Yeah, the nurses, the doctors are just amazing. The healthcare, the... I, I found out last week that there's called health health allies or health. Um, it's a group of health workers that allied used workers. allied workers, yeah. allied health workers, that used to be not part of the health system, but they now are part of the health system. Whereby after the doctors and the nurses, they these health allied health workers come in to support your um, work. You know, recovery for recovery. Now, imagine having that. Imagine that. There's a real asset that we have here in Australia. So how do we build resilience? You know, we've got to experience more adversities, I reckon. Yeah. That could be like a virtual uh, reality thing where you're just looking and you're like, yeah, oh, I'm in a wall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ah, I have no that's, leg. <laughs> that's right. Those kind of experiences. Yeah. But even then, I challenge you, even that virtual reality, unless you really experience it, it's only a, you're scratching the tip of, you know, the iceberg. So. So do we hug now? Okay, so I'm going to hug Kathy <laughs> now and see how she feels. 
<laughs> She's crying. <laughs> Thank you. See, did I give her a good hug? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need to release. You hug that person I know, I know. until they release, and that's when you know that they really relax. So, do you need a good hug from us? Yeah. Di will give you a virtual hug. There you go. Yeah. Hopefully, that will give you uh, the energy to have to build resilience, but one hug is not enough. So, that is, that's it from us here at Let's Talk About It. Um, and looking forward to hearing your feedback. Mm. Comment below about do you think that millennials need more hugging then do we need more than a hug? Then should. Um, are they resilient enough? And, uh, yeah, let us know. So comment below, click on the link and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'd love to hear from you and continue to stay in touch. So yeah. I'm Dai stay Lee. Safe. And I'm Cathy Ngo. Stay safe, everyone. Thanks practice for tuning in. Practice safe measures during this COVID time. I thought you were going to say practice safe something else. I know. <laughs> you, know this, you know what? Sometimes I almost say practice safe. Sex? And you think, oh, hang on. Well, safe sex, safe measures. Safe COVID measures is like safe sex, really. Yeah, um, cover up. Cover up, exactly. Don't get anyone pregnant. Distancing, social distancing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.